Peace be upon you. So if you ask the average person, you know, do you love nature? Everyone's going to say, absolutely, I love nature. You know, I watch nature documentaries, I go for hikes. And the question is, do they really love nature or do they love their perception of nature? If you look at the average person's yard or backyard, you know, this is supposed to be the space by which it draws them closer. It reminds them of nature. And what do we see when we go to someone's yard? We see grass that's perfectly cut, all every blade to the same size. We see hedges that are all uniformly shaped. Uh, we see leaves that have been meticulously picked off the ground. And all this is a perception of nature. You don't see any weeds. You don't see any of the chaos that's typically depicted in nature. So instead of nature in its true chaotic sense, we tend to create an artificial construct to fit our preferred perception of nature where things are orderly and made to our liking. Even when we go for a hike, what do we see? We see paved paths, we see railings, we see signs, we see all these things that allow us to experience nature without having to experience the hostility of nature. We love watching nature documentaries where they're out exploring, finding the uh, snow leopard and going on these amazing journeys. We love watching it from the comfort of our homes. And we say, yeah, it would be great to be out there. But you know, the fact that you're out there, if you had to fend for yourself, if you had to survive on your own, we would not be able to make it. Most of us would not survive. The reality is that most people today would be incapable of surviving on their own in the wild without the amenities and protections that are provided by modern society. These blessings of bending our environment to best suit us historically has not been the norm but the exception. For thousands of years and many generations, humans' relationship with nature consisted of fending to survive, fighting against the elements, and living in a state of continuous insecurity. To think that you could be out there and there might be a mountain lion who wants to make you into dinner. This is what nature is in actuality. And it's fine that we like to impose our uh, will upon nature, to make nature more accommodating for our needs and how we like things to be. But this only becomes a problem when we forget the magnitude of the blessing for having this level of command over our environment. And we turn unappreciative of the privileged state of affairs. If we begin to think that this is the expected way things should be and become unappreciative of our ability to impose our will upon nature, then God will soon send us a reminder so that we may take heed and return to humility. In Surah 10, verse 24, we read, The analogy of this worldly life is like this. We send down water from the sky to produce with it all kinds of plants from the earth and to provide food for the people and the animals. Then, just as the earth is perfectly adorned and its people think they are in control thereof, our judgment comes by night or by day, leaving it completely barren, as if nothing existed the previous day, we thus explain the revelations for people who reflect. One of the clearest forms of man's overcoming of nature is through the building of structures. Structures are a sign of man's investment in a location to indicate that they are willing to reshape their surroundings to meet their needs as opposed to resorting to migrating each time the environment becomes inhospitable. While structures can come in many forms, homes, buildings, stores, even skyscrapers, one structure has historically been one of the largest achievements for people throughout history, and that's of a dam. 
we see that they are mentioned in the Quran with Zulkarnain, where he went to a community that he could barely understand their language and he built a dam for them. But all through history, we see that dams are one of the greatest structures that man has made that allows them to harness the power of water for their own bidding. A dam allows a man to harness nature to maximize its utility. By controlling the flow of water, societies have been able to reap all the benefits that come along with mobilizing such power. In the past, dams have predominantly provided societies with a steady source of water to irrigate crops for drinking, bathing, and sanitation. This allowed ancient civilizations to feed and provide crucial water to a growing population. This ability for people to be able to bend nature to accommodate their personal needs is a major blessing. But if people forget this and become unappreciative, then this blessing can quickly turn into a curse. In the 8th century BC in Yemen, they created the Great Dam of Marib. It was one of the engineering wonders of the ancient world and a central part of the Sabian and Himyar kingdoms around Marib. The kingdom of Sheba, or Saba, was a prosperous trading nation with control of frankincense and spice routes all throughout Arabia. The Sabians built the dam to capture the periodic monsoon rains which fell on the nearby mountains and to irrigate the land around the city. Historians estimate that this dam alone, it irrigated over 12,000 acres of farmland, sustaining over 50,000 people. Now take this in consideration. This is in 8th century BC. This is one of the largest societies on the planet at that time. But what happened when the people became unappreciative of such blessings and started to take this amazing marvel for granted. We read their history and what took place in the following verses of the Quran. For background, the great dam of Marib, which is in modern-day Yemen, supported the Sabian people. These are the people of Sheba. And we read their history in Surah 34, verse 15 through 17, where it reads, Sheba's homeland used to be a marvel with two gardens on the right and the left. Eat from your Lord's provisions and be appreciative of him, good land and a forgiving Lord. They turned away, and consequently we poured upon them a disastrous flood, and we substituted their two gardens into two gardens of bad-tasting fruits, thorny plants, and skimpy harvest. We thus requited them for their disbelief. Do we not requite only the disbelievers? The Arabic word translated as disastrous flood is Sayla al-Arami. While the word Sayla means a flood, the word al-Arami, it has multiple meanings. One of that is a disaster, violent, but also that of a dam. So from this verse, I extrapolate that this massive flood that devastated its people was due to the dam crumbling. And we see the reasoning behind this and the consequences in the following verses. In Surah 34, verses 18 and 19, we read, We placed between them and the communities that we blessed other oases, and we secured the journey between them, traveled therein days and nights in complete security. But they turned unappreciative and challenged our Lord. We do not care if you increase the distance of our journeys without stations. They thus wronged their own souls. Consequently, we made them history 
and scatter them into small communities throughout the land, this should provide lessons for those who are steadfast, appreciative. These individuals, they had this amazing dam, they had this amazing structure that was providing them with sustenance, that was providing them with irrigation for their land, that was giving them food and water, but they became unappreciative. They thought that this was the normal state of affairs. They thought it's not a big deal if God took away their stations, that if they could travel without the security that God placed for them. And because of that, they lost everything. The history of the people of Sheba and their destruction of the dam of Marib are well documented, not only in the Quran, but in history books as well. When the dam broke, not only did the people lose their crops, but this caused those 50,000 people who were dependent on all the benefits of that dam to instantly turn into refugees. Because of the people's lack of appreciation for such blessings and their complacency to the provisions they inherited, God made them taste the hardships of scarcity and insecurity. This is the reality that if a society fails to be appreciative for what they have, they too will suffer the same consequences. But we see that history continues to repeat itself. In Surah 16 verse 112, God gives us this example. It says, God cites the example of a community that used to be secure and prosperous with provisions coming to it from everywhere. But then it turned unappreciative of God's blessings. Consequently, God caused them to taste the hardships of starvation and insecurity, such as the record for what they did. This uh, word in 16.1.12, which is talking about provisions coming from everywhere, is ragadan. Ragadan means that it's something that's just handed to you. It's freely available. This is the same word that was given to Adam and Eve in paradise. And you see in these societies, these individuals, they've inherited these blessings that God has bestowed upon them. You cannot just place a dam anywhere. It has to be strategically placed. And you see that some of the nations who are the most prosperous also have these perfectly placed geological formations. You look at the United States, the fact that we have oceans on both sides protect us from potential invaders. Or you look at certain uh, crest lines across nations that give them a mountain range to protect them, again, from other uh, people casually just coming into their nation. So these things are not to be taken lightly. So back to the concept of a dam. While the dams of the past were mostly used for irrigation, the dams of today are predominantly used to generate power for its inhabitants. The Yangtze River in China spans 3,900 miles and is the longest river in Asia, the third longest river in the world, and the longest river that is all encompassed in a single country. This one river has provided so much economic prosperity to China that the Yangtze River Delta alone generates as much as 20% of China's total GDP. This river is believed by many to be one of the best gifts God has given to a single nation. In 2009, China completed the construction of the Three Gorges Dam that spans the Yangtze River. This dam is currently the largest concrete structure in the world. It is 185 meters high, 2.3 kilometers wide, and has a reservoir of 39.3 billion cubic meters of water.
Now, as mentioned, the past, the dams were predominantly used for irrigation, for uh, fresh water supplies. And this is also part of the use of the, uh, the Three Gorges Dam. But the predominant use of the Three Gorges Dam is to create energy. Society today runs on energy. And having access to cheap, reliable, clean energy is a huge blessing to any nation. The Three Gorges Dam, it generates 22 1,500 megawatts of energy, which is equivalent to 20 standard nuclear reactors. In 2018 alone, the Three Gorges Dam generated over 100 terawatt hours of power, which is about 10% of China's total power usage is being supplied by this one dam. That's enough to suffice over 100 million people with just the energy that's produced by this one dam. In addition to the power generation, the dam also increased shipping capacity and thus increased the GDP output of the entire nation. Access to fresh water has been an essential threat to the nation of China for many years, and this dam was part of the plan to provide relief to many people. But instead, in an interesting twist of events, this year has seen record inflow from rainfall in the Yangtze Basin, which has been twice as heavy as normal. This is leading to major possible risk of flooding to the 400 million people who live in the Yangtze Basin, which is about one-third of the Chinese population. This has caused the dam to have to release billions of liters of water and has caused mass flooding in many of these heavily populated cities that are downstream. It's estimated that to date, over $26 billion in economic damage have resulted because of this flooding. As many as 63 million people have been affected by this flooding, and over 4 million people have been displaced, and hundreds have been killed because of this uh, consequence. The Chinese Communist Party continues to assure people that the waters can be held back and the dam will not breach, but time will tell. It's fascinating that we barely hear about this in the news. And when you look at Chinese media, they try to depict this as such a beautiful scenery. Look at these majestic seas underwater and trying to avoid the seriousness of this matter. An anonymous source in China created a simulation of what a collapse of the Three Gorges Dam and its potential impact downstream would look like. Needless to say, according to the calculations, the destruction would be immense and terrifying. If the dam was to collapse, it is estimated that the 39.3 billion cubic meters of water would create a wall of water over 100 meters tall, flowing at, get this, 100 kilometers an hour or 62 miles per hour. This would cause a cascading effect of downstream dams to collapse, and after 30 minutes, the water speed would be reduced to 75 kilometers an hour at a height of 20 meters tall. Imagine a tsunami coming with that force, that speed, that height, and the destruction it can cause. After eight hours, the homes of over 10 million people will already be flooded, causing mass evacuations there and downstream. The water speed will be reduced to about 60 kilometers an hour with a height of 15 to 20 meters. As the floodwaters begin to fan out, it will reduce the speed to about 20 kilometers an hour with a height of 8 meters, while around the Yangtze, it will maintain a speed of 35 kilometers an hour. 
It will take 10 hours before it reaches Wuhan with a population of 11.5 million people. Now this is the same Wuhan that's responsible for the coronavirus. The calculations estimate that Wuhan will be at an average of 5 to 7 meters underwater. Within 24 hours, the waters will finally reach Nanjing with a population of 8.5 million people, which is 1,500 kilometers away from the Three Gorges Dam, and it's at this place that the waters will finally settle. Up until now, over 26 million people would have to be evacuated. 26 million people would have lost their homes. And the utter scale of the destruction is almost unimaginable. Those of you who've been listening to the podcast might recall my views towards the Chinese Communist Party. In December 2019, funny enough, I did an episode calling out the atrocities of the Chinese Communist Party against the Falong and the Uyghur population. And uh, I see them as a heinous government with immense powers where they are torturing individuals, sending their children to indoctrination camps, putting the parents in concentration camps, harvesting the organs of the Falong and the Uyghur people because of their belief. These individuals are the most corrupt right up there with the Saudi government, uh, with the Iranian government, these institutions that are promoting everything that's against the Quran. And God knows what the outcome will be for this dam and the Chinese people. But nevertheless, this is a wake-up call to the leaders of the Chinese Communist Party that they are not the ones who are in control. And if they don't take heed, then expect this as a warning, no different than the warnings of the previous leaders and communities of the past, that if they don't correct their actions, then expect a war from God that will put them in their place. God tells us in Surah 34, verse 34, it says, Every time we sent a warner to a community, the leaders of that community said, We reject the message you are sent with. They also said, We are more powerful, with more money and children, and we will not be punished. Say, My Lord is the one who controls all provisions. He grants the provisions to whomever He wills or reduces them, but most people do not know. It is not your money or your children that bring you closer to us. Only those who believe and lead a righteous life will receive their reward for their works multiplied manifold in the abode of paradise. They will live in perfect peace. As for those who consistently challenge our revelations, they will abide in retribution. One of the biggest strengths the Chinese uh, Communist Party believes is their numbers, their size, their resources. But God is saying this can all be used against you if you do not take heed. Interesting enough, the last time I did this video in December 2019, the following month, they had the coronavirus outbreak in Wuhan. So who knows, maybe I can go two for two with this. But I want to restate those earlier verses, that of 1024 and 16.112, where it reads in 1024, the analogy of this worldly life is like this. We send down water from the sky to produce with it all kinds of plants from the earth and to provide food for the people and the animals. Then... Just as the earth is perfectly adorned and its people think that they are in control thereof, our judgment comes by night or by day, leaving it completely barren, as if nothing existed the previous day. We thus explain the revelations for people who reflect. This blessing of water, this blessing of resources, if we are unappreciative, if we think that we are in control thereof, if we think that we are the ones who are dictating the outcome to nature, and not that God is the one who's going to be dictating the outcome to us, then we're going to be in for a rude awakening. 
In 16.1.12, again, it reads, God cites the example of a community that used to be secure and prosperous with provisions coming to it from everywhere. But then it turned unappreciative of God's blessings. Consequently, God caused them to taste the hardships of starvation and insecurity. Such is the record for what they did. China is one of the most prosperous societies in the world. Its growth is unmatched by any other nation. But despite this, you see that the more strength they get, the more money they get, the more resources they get, all they do is use that to repel people from God's religion, to use that to repel themselves away from God's path and from righteousness. And it's because of that that God can transform one of the, the biggest blessings He could have provided a nation into something that would allow them to cause their own destruction. In Surah 8 verse 36 it reads, Those who disbelieve spend their money to repel others from the way of God. They will spend it and then it will turn into sorrow and remorse for them. Ultimately, they will be defeated and all disbelievers will be summoned to hell. The Chinese Communist Party has spent over $30 billion developing this dam. It was originally proposed in 1919. And to think all that money, the time, the effort, the energy that was put into developing this, thinking all the benefits they can have, can all be wiped out, leaving them in severe destruction and potentially impacting the lives of over 400 million of their own people. God willing, they take heed. And inshallah, we'll follow closely what happens in this uh, with the Three Gorgeous Dam. And we trust in God's judgment that it's all in accordance with God's will. Inshallah, we're going to end there. If you guys got comments or questions, please hit us up at QuranTalk at gmail.com. If you want to follow along the verses of the Quran as they're being translated, please download the Quran Study app on the iOS App Store. If you don't have an iOS device, we also have the QuranStudyApp.com website where we break down the word-for-word -word Arabic of the entire Quran so you can follow along the verses. You can see why it's translated that way, and it's also a great resource. And if you like the podcast, please leave us a review, share it with others, and God willing, until next time, peace and God bless.